actors to places. Thank you, places. It's time to exit stage death. Welcome back to Exit Stage Death. As always, I'm your host, Maddie Limerick. And I'm Emily Martinez. And these are the chilling true stories behind your favorite Broadway shows. And it's time for another episode. Yes, finally. How you been doing this week? Oh, I've been doing, I had a great therapy session today and a little hypnosis. So I'm like, all right, I'm flying fucking high today. We love that. And talking theater, you were just in Chicago seeing Moulin Rouge on tour starring your gorgeous husband, Gabe Martinez. I did. I saw it and this was, um, humble brag. I've seen it a couple times, (laughs) um, but, um, yeah, I it, it was as always so good. We had so many um, wonder studies and wonderful swings on because COVID is still amongst us, and um, you know the whole company is just doing such a great job at uh, maintaining such an incredible show with all their incredible, incredibly talented swings and offstage swings and understudies. Like it's incredible, uh, and it's just it's also awesome just to see that the energy of the show is still sizzling and, mm-hmm. and everybody's like on their toes. They had a, they had an actress come on from New York, from the New York cast um, the other day because there were just too many people out for the role of Le Chocolat. And um, so they brought Keely, this, this woman Keely, and she just literally flew in and did the show that day. It was wild. I saw the Instagram post because it is it is brilliant. I mean, it just shows the resiliency of theater and theater performers. And I'm so excited that people are back in the theater seeing things. So if it's in your town this coming mm-hmm. year, they're doing some amazing cities. Go see Moulin Rouge on tour. Go see everything that's on tour. Get a subscription to your local yes. theater because you bitched that you didn't have theater. So whether you want to see it or not, go see it. And, so, and also, like, yeah. if you if you rush that day... If it's like during the week, you could get a really, really awesome seat. Like I rushed a lot of my tickets and they like put me like right up front and I was like, oh, hey, girl. Yes. <laughs> get to see all those fine men walking around before the show in corsets just making really inappropriate oh, eye contact with you. Oh my gosh. And they that's, just, they prolonged eye contact. And that's like, been my TikTok recently. Has everybody seen Moulin Rouge and the guys in the hot corsets and the bulgy, the bulgy tights just like making prolonged eye contact with the body boys and I love it. So... And today, we are talking about another touring show that whether Uh people know about it or not, it lives in their psyche. So, Em, I'm going to ask you a question as we transition in. When I say giant posters and billboards and flyers everywhere with pastel backgrounds and leaping girls in gorgeous Asian attire, what comes to mind? that I see those ads in my dreams. I've seen so many of them. (laughs) You see them everywhere. Well, I mean, everywhere. I think most New Yorkers specifically are groaning and know immediately what I'm talking about as well. So like for years, I thought this was just like a backdrop of my life in New York, like the Dr. Zizmore ads on the subway. Yeah. But like the more I've realized as I've been out of New York and I've traveled beyond the five boroughs, The phenomenon of these leaping girls on the covers of these beautiful ads with very cryptic sayings uh, (laughs) cover just about most of the world. Oh, yeah. And and it's it's on the surface. It's just a beautiful show. And it's subtitled, I think, two years ago, read 5000 years of culture reborn with dancing and gorgeous sets. Gorgeous. 
But because of a TikToker in early 2021, I now know the depths uh, of what we're going to talk about today. Because, you know, obviously, TikTok is is uh, an awful place, but it's also the best place because people will drop in and give you... I mean, I don't, uh, people at home don't know this, but um, I send you the most ridiculous TikToks all the time because I'll just be like, what is this? What What is this? What is this mystery? And so this is one of those things that uh, as soon as I told you that I was doing this, you lit up and yelled in our in our little text group with each other. Like, I was screaming. I went, oh my God, what a good idea. I can't, I cannot tell you the amount of, when I did touring with like a children's theater company, like Mm -hmm. eons ago, like right out of college, I saw the same exact ads all over. So please tell us what these ads are. So today I'm telling you and all of our friends at home, the story of Shun Yun, the Hudson Valley based religious cult of Fanlun Gong. (laughs) What's that you say? A, A Chinese dance ballet troupe that's a cult? Strap in. Now, I'm going to preface this with I'm probably going to uh, mispronounce a lot of names today, but I'm going to be as respectful as possible and we're going Absolutely. to go through this. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to let us sit here and unpack for a second a dancing Chinese cult, Listen, religious group. It's a sect. Uh, I, it, is, it, is it bad that there's so many times in my life where I go, yeah, I'd probably join a cult. Yeah. <laughs> or like, oh. unbeknownst to me, it'd be like, oh, it's a cult. Yeah, oh, <laughs> clearly. I mean, I was an evangelical religious kid for most of my early life, so a cult, I mean, it happens. Hashtag raise Catholic. Hashtag, <laughs> uh, you, that's you go. That's the, that's the sacrament cult right there, my friend. Uh, so this seemingly unassuming show is a fundraising front for a rather young religious group cult sect, it's actually the media that calls them a cult, according to the actual like government thing. They are a sect. They're religion. They are a menace. Uh, it it depends on which country you're talking to and a thing. So I'm going to use cult a lot because I want to be dramatic, but technically. Whatever. Um, so they formed in China in the, the early 90s and stretched into the late, uh, early 2000s. It actually might seem super unassuming, but if you've witnessed a performance, which is generally the same year to year little things change, uh, you know the depths of the actual beliefs of this organization, mm. many of which are met with standing ovations and shouts of praise from conservative white Americans, which is also... Shocking, because these are the same people that say gracias to the lady at your uh, local Mexican food restaurant that even though your parents are racist, they still love going to. (laughs) So I feel like in two of my podcasts this week, I've referenced uh, Jai Talentino, who is a writer, uh, but she mostly works for The New Yorker. Incredible work. I'll be sharing all of our articles today on our social media because they are ridiculous. Jai Talentino puts it like this. Shun Yun was a Bader Meinhof object. Once I saw it, I started to see it everywhere. Shen Yun greeted me silently at the bus stop, loomed over the highway exits, followed me around on the physical plane of existence the way anything you shop for on the internet follows you around online. But jokes on everyone else, all I have now is Shen Yun ads everywhere. 
everywhere, I feel like I'm being tracked by them. I mean, even during grad school, my mentor Jen Dasher and I often sent memes about Shenyun's uh, perseverance and their pervasive advertising existing and being the first thing we see when we land on Mars. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it's literally r- run longer than Wicked. There's like more ads than Wicked. Uh, it has not run longer than Wicked, but almost, <laughs> almost. But you are. Uh, they, must they, get my back straight. No, you're good. They do say that they are the most attended live theater performance in the world, wow. which, you know, numbers are always skewn or whatever but i mean thankfully because there are real tickets they could attest to but we'll talk numbers in a little bit okay so it was founded in 2006 now we're going to start with the show and then we will go from there because it is a red string map uh so the show itself was founded in 2006 in deer park new york by expatriate Chinese citizens who practiced a new-ish religion uh, movement called uh, Falun Gong. Now, put a pin in that because that's going to be our linchpin to everything and it's going to expand the story. Yeah. So the show itself, uh, every year is composed of about 480 performers uh, plus uh, technicians and everything in eight companies that tour the world about six months of the year. Now, founder Lee Hongzi feels that the performances of the show are saving the audiences that witness them. And he's kind of been pivotal on forming the show around his religious beliefs. So their first tour was officially in 2007. They had about 90 performers, musicians, and technical staff. But by 2009, this single company was doing so well that they split into three touring companies. And it was said that by 2010, over 1 million people had witnessed the show worldwide. Wow. One million people in three years. Like, uh, you brought up Wicked. Like, I think we had our, fast. like, millionth viewer in, like, while I was there near the, fi- the fifth anniversary. So, like, but, I mean, they're also doing, they're non-union. They're doing crazy schedules. They are in cities for, I mean, but we're also talking, they're in pretty much every com- country that has touring theater in it. Um, wow. Are no, they like in big stadium type places? No, they're in like, what well, like here we have the Dr. Phillips center. They're at Madison square garden or Lincoln okay. center when they're in New York. So they're in the big touring houses. So you're talking 4,000 seat houses at, like yeah. if they're in the Fox in Atlanta or in St. Louis, um, those big houses, that's up to 4,000, 5,000 people that are watching the shows. Yeah. So even if they're selling, you know, half houses, that's still like 2,000 people. And like our biggest Broadway house on Broadway right now is 2,200 seats, just to give perspective. Yeah, oh I yeah. I believe that's the Gershwin uh, has the most seats of anybody. Uh, the Winter Garden might also be there. Uh, I'm sure someone will correct us and thank you so much. Thank you um, for the engagement. Thank you so much for the engagement. Uh, the show operates out of a compound called Dragon Springs which holds uh, the performance college that many of the artists graduate from as well as holds all their rehearsal spaces, their religious spaces, those kinds of things. It's said that the company promotes itself as presenting traditional Chinese culture as it once was, a study in grace, wisdom, and the virtues distilled from five millennia of Chinese civilization. So in reality, the dance forms that are taught and actually uh, performed by the company were created in the mid-1950s in China after the country really struggled uh, being on the wrong side of World War II. Mm. Um, But they were trying to identify an identity within the country to like 
cultivate what made China, China and was exemplary about China. This is very similar to what America did in the early 1900s uh, when they kind of wrote the storybook version of American history, which we're taught as American history, but we're talking like early American founders like Johnny Appleseed, Honest Abe Lincoln, and Washington mm. chopping down the cherry tree, which were all created for the World's Fair in Buffalo in New York. I believe it was in 1903, 1900. Um, this dance art form, while based in many aspects of Chinese performance, principles was completely fabricated in the 1950s. Shenyun's repertoire draws on stories from Chinese history and legends such as Mulan, Journey to the West, and Outlaws of the Marsh, which have an extensive background again in, in um, puppet theater, in, in Beijing opera. Uh, it also depicts the story of Falun Gong today. So during the 2010 production, there was at least two of the 16 scenes that depicted persecution and murder of Falun Gong practitioners, blah, 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 practitioners in contemporary China, including beating a young mother to death in uh, the jailing of Fang Yong, uh, Fang, Falun Gong. We're going to have fun today. Falun Gong <laughs> protesters. Um, so I'm going to preface before, so I believe all their performances are online. Most of them are just because that's theater today. Um, I watched some of the clips and they, I was not prepared for what I was seeing, mm. which is why so many people are shocked when they see the show. I'll get to reviews in a bit. Um, so I'm just going to tell everybody to be very careful when you're watching performances of this online. Uh, if you decide not to go support the company. Um, but yeah, it is... They don't hide much, and the, the big screens have a lot of graphics, which is, meh, it's fine. Uh, in addition oh to kind of the classical Han Chinese dance, Shenyun also includes elements of Yi, Mao, Tibetan, and Mongolian dance, which is very normal. Um, Shenyun performs the three core elements of classical Chinese dance, quote unquote. That's kind of this mm -hmm. art form that was created was classical Chinese dance, which is bearing which centers on emotion, culture, and ethnic flavor, which just seems like a very white term to use now. I was like, um, those two words together are tough. <laughs> uh, form, which is expressive movements and postures, which when I think like Kabuki from Japan yeah. and Bunraku puppet theater, but also Beijing uh, opera, I think of the expressive movements and the postures and things being uh, like tied so to the art form. So specific and, yeah. and like mm -hmm. lyrically Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Based in, yeah, yeah, every hand movement has something. You can't see, but Em and I are doing very kabuki hands, uh, which it's might be problematic. But I studied, I studied Asian theater in school, so there we go. Uh, and then also technical skills, like physical techniques of jumping, flipping, leaping, acrobatics. Um, you know, many of those aspects that we kind of expect to see. Um, the Shenyun choreographer, Vina Li, has stated that some of the distinct uh, Chinese bearings, uh, known as Yun, has been lost in the process since the mm -hmm. cultural changes of the communist revolution. So what she's saying is they've lost the point, that, that the Chinese art form has lost its actual poignancy and its point because of what they see as a cultural revolution embracing communism, uh, which we will come back to quite a bit this episode. Okay, because I have questions. Uh, yeah, the, the music is performed with traditional Chinese instruments and is composed by artists within the compound, but these are well-known artists who have won national awards within China and outside of China, so like the music is beautiful. And each Xinyun piece is set against a digitally backdrop uh, digitally projected backdrop, which is very common in theater today. And if you've seen the show, it makes a ton of sense because we are talking 
40 male and 40 female dancers on stage at any given time. Uh, so it's like a lot to fill. You don't want set pieces getting in the way. So you got these big screens. Um, mm. And usually the, the backdrops are depicting landscapes such as Mongolian grasslands and imperial courts, ancient villages, temples, mountains, those kind of breathtaking moving things that kind of stir your soul in those ways. It's very citing into what makes emo, uh, humans emotionally manipulated, this kind of... Mm. Now, some of these backdrops contain moving elements as well, such as digital versions of the dancers that integrate into the performances. There's one where it looks like there are hundreds of them dancing, which is very cool, you know. Can you guess the one place they don't perform? There's somewhere that they just are not allowed to perform. Do you know where that is? Their own country? Yeah, China. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was going to say, are they um, not allowed to perform in China? Yeah, they cannot. And I would also say their country, but they're pretty much Americans at this point. Like, they get kids, like a lot of people here on work visas and things, but they are pretty much just situated in uh, America and everyone involved. Is, that's like part of the religion is an expat, pretty much. Okay. Um, so the Chinese government has attempted to cancel Shenyun uh, performances throughout uh, the world through political pressure via its uh, foreign embassies and consulates. Chinese diplomats have also sent letters to elected officials in the West, like tons of countries, exhorting them to like not attend or otherwise support the performances, which are described as propaganda intended to smear China's image. Now, I am... But anti- her lines are killing it. Her lines are... Chef's kiss. Baby, but also like, sweetheart, y'all are doing a real good job of that on your own. Like, not to talk nonsense, but like, y'all ain't doing a real good job. Your PR press person, she's not doing very well as it is. Like, She's tired. She she's doesn't. tired. She's not, she's not getting paid enough. She go, she's going, as above my pay grade. Exactly. So it's like, well, yeah, I totally agree with them with the, the, the this performance is like, such destructive propaganda and we'll get further into it that it's like it's really funny that's really much the pot calling the kettle taupe like come on y'all <laughs> like <taupe. laughs> I do, not taupe not that ugly color that's the only one left at home guys not that Ray Dunn garb. with the Ray Dunn taupe <laughs> literally I was just at home goods and they had a taupe Ray Dunn Dutch oven and it, it said yummy. On it? it said oh. yummy. But let me tell you, that was a really nice Dutch oven. It was marked down to twelve dollars. I almost bought it because becoming and an just, older just turn it just turn it around. Nobody just turn will see it the down. Becoming an older adult, you appreciate when you're like, oh shit, a Dutch oven's normally like forty bucks. I could totally use that to make a delicious stew. A um, gorgeous stew. And a gorgeous stew. We love a gorgeous stew. We love, love a gorgeous stew. You can make stew. a great brisket in it. Uh, <gasps> oh. We love a brisket. Oh my god. Oh, Ooh, love our brisket. Was just easier. Uh, I haven't had my husband to cook for me, and so whenever I cook for myself, I'm like, it's never the same. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, can buy on like popcorn these days. Listen, you do what you gotta. Listen, and the world is falling apart. You eat what makes you happy and do what you gotta do. <laughs> Not sponsored, but I am doing HelloFresh, and it's it's difficult. Listen. You know, you know, I've had a very uh, <laughs> sudden life change recently that we won't go into. But like the first place I went to was HelloFresh again, not sponsored. But if y'all want to sponsor, yeah, sponsor uh, HelloFresh.com backslash death. <laughs> the amount, but like, let's be fair, the amount of podcasts that probably already have slash death already. Oh, on probably, them. but. <laughs> Slash exit. Get 120 exit. free meals. <laughs> no, I mean, but HelloFresh, if you're listening, or if anybody out there is listening, we would love a sponsor. We love a corporate sponsor. I will sell out. Mm. Listen, listen, I will make all the foods. 
I much, I much like a Broadway show. We'll sell the fuck out. <laughs> I much like Beetlejuice on opening reopening night. We'll sell the fuck out. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, even going as far in their 2018 and 2019 performances, including lyrics and digital displays disparaging atheism and the belief in evolution as deadly ideals oh and God. born of the red specter. All I could see that was like, ooh, uh, that's uh, uh, one I just thought about um, a really badass woman going, don't speak to me. The red specter came to town. I just. So many period jokes in my mind. But also, I'm just, just like, like, ooh, that's a like a queer punk band, the Red Spectre. Like, just there's so much Red Spectre, the new musical. Like, give it to me, it's fine. Now, reviewers will say what reviewers say, but reviewers characterize this content of, of anti-evolution and religious sermon and cult propaganda. Many viewers and uh, viewers complain that such elements are misrepresented by the advertising of the show, that in the end, the show sells one thing, but it feels way more like propaganda than straightforward presentations of cultural heritage, which to mm. me is what I always thought this was, because the clips you get online are very tiny. They're very beautiful. It's just swirling sleeves and fan skirts, like beautiful things yeah. for my poor ADHD brain. But uh, they were even scheduled to perform in Hong Kong in January of 2010, but the performance was canceled after the government of Hong Kong refused entry visas to the production crew. So they let everybody in except the production crew because production crew comes from all over the world. Now there have been attempts to shut down the show have also been reported by theaters and local governments in various countries like Ecuador, Ireland, Germany, and Switzerland. It's so much like yeah, we, we could keep talking the about things. the show. We'll, I'll bring up a couple other things uh, throughout about the aspects of performance. Cause again, as you're going in um, and like Jai Tolentino wrote in her article that she had literally seen everything in New York. She flew home to Austin or Houston and her dad was like, Oh, I got us these tickets for this beautiful show coming to town. Our friend saw it. And he was like, it's called Shun Yoon. And she went, dad, that's not real. And she literally was like, Oh, I guess I could Google the show that all I see is the posters every day. And she's like, now it just lives in my psyche. And so she describes being sick and going to the show and all these things that like, she walked outside to smoke afterwards and ran into a guy and he was, and she was like, so the show. And he went, yeah, <laughs> it was good. And they had like this moment of understanding looking in the eye. Cause like half the audience ran out as soon as like curtain call started and the other half were like elated and jumping to their That's so feet. Interesting. But like, I, I need a moment of a breather. So like, Oh, M, yeah. what, are your, what are your thoughts about this so far? Because this is, so much more layered than you would even get from like, talk about a good PR team, like a yeah, good marketing yeah. team. It, it, they literally give the least amount of information possible. You see a gorgeous woman in a gorgeous mm -hmm. gown, gorgeous, gorgeous gown with like beautiful colors. Like this year, instead of pastels, it's like this beautiful dark French blue and the woman pops on the front. All the mm. um, lettering is gold and white. So like, it's really inviting and, everyone in. And isn't the ad now, like, didn't they slightly change the ad where it's like, China before communism or something like that. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's the yeah, ads it's, I've seen are very politicized now. Where I'm yes, like, oh, well, that's I th new. I think that with the tour going out this year, they've realized that everyone's in on it, so mm. embrace it. Because also, we'll get into it, but one of the there are a ton of what are they called 
investments or, or branches of Falun Gong, and one of them is a newspaper called the Epoch Times, which just rang in my brain and as I was researching this because I see it laying all over New York like it's one of those free newspapers you can take mm. and I never read it or anything but I was like oh it's whatever I didn't understand the title but then realizing that they were one of the biggest like QAnon supporters during the Trump re-election or oh. the Trump election in 2016 they were they've like been a huge voice in um anti-vaccine, COVID misinformation, all the things, and they are owned by Falun Gong. So, like, we'll get back into that, but, like... Oh, wow. Oh, geez. Also, we're talking about the production. Yeah. It's just, it's just so insidious. It's, like, that's good, that is good um, advertising. That's, like, that's the trickiness of, of kind of the time that we live in now, where you can't just accept things at face value anymore. Mm -hmm. We probably never should have, but... Now it's like, it's like a phishing scam, right? Like, it's like, you're like, it, they, they play on people's emotions and, um, these ads, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Like when I was on tour and I'd see these billboards, like our whole cast would be like, we need to go see this. It's in like every city. Like, it's just, it, it knows how to hook you. And, um, especially when you're in like the middle of the country where there's kind of nothing. And then you see this beautiful, ad and you're like oh I could be I could see something that really like makes me feel like warm and tingly and like really getting some art because that's what it looks like it just looks like straight up art yes and it's like and it is I mean it is an art form like these are talented humans that are performing Mm -hmm. in it like Mm -hmm. we can't disregard that like and who knows what pressures maybe they were put into to become part of the production but it's just like I think I'm sitting here and I feel like there's just like so much information. Like the fact that you research this, I give you so much credit because I'm already like, I am overwhelmed by the amount of layers that go into this. And, and it's one of those things I'm like, is there a side I should be on? Like, mm-hmm. am I on Shen Yun's side? Am I on like the Chinese government side? Probably neither. Just to, mm-hmm. I'm just sitting mm-hmm. back and observing mm-hmm. and going, this is happening. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not on I, either side. I'm, I'm just observing. And I this think is I'm wild. on the side of like, it's 2022 get rid of fucking cults like at this point like get rid of Scientology like all these things um especially when like there are graphics in the show that are like the flaming capital of Beijing graphics and a giant devil reincarnation of Chairman Mao and Karl Marx like over like it's one of those things that like they're not even subtle about it like it's and you like wouldn't, you would know that unless you paid the money for a ticket and then if you leave they're not going to give you your money back and we talked about it that literally these tickets are so expensive so they're literally about to be in orlando i drive past four of these billboards every day um i'm gonna say Wild. this later um I, just because it's in the script just to pull back the curtain a little but like i literally have an ad sitting in my dining room for it right now that came in the mail the other day this is the second one that has come second one in a month and it's really well sold. Tickets are like $125 for like an average seat. And I'm just like, I didn't even pay that much to see six in November. So like, because <laughs> I wanted to see it as like research for the episode and everything. Yeah. But then I also was like, okay, if I'm not supporting Disney right now, I'm certainly not paying to see a cult Chinese dance piece. Like, yeah. Like, like, wa- like watch those slime tutorials online. Uh, watch those slime tutorials But also probably, online. it's probably a good thing that you did because if it was like, at least you could fast forward the parts that uh-huh. might be like triggering in some way and be like, whoa, 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 where oh, is it? Whoa, whoa, Because there whoa. is some 
violent things against uh okay just a just a little uh spoiler for in a bit they're homophobic they hate gay people where's they the fucking shocker the gays oh uh, so uh, listen we're the best everybody stop best. hating the gays on are the best literally you wouldn't have theater without the gay people the gay gay people you would not you would not you would not. You would not. Yeah. Uh, so at its base, there is something behind this this collusion, this evil. Uh, and it's the organization behind it. Mm. So let's it's always jump a into corporation. That. Always a corporation. As well, Georgia this Hardstark says, it goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to the top. Oh, friend of the pod, Georgia. We hope friend of the pod. I'm going to manifest that. I'm going to manifest We're that. We're manifesting that. Friend as, of the as pod. Karen, Karen is an ex-theater theater kid. Oh, manifesting that. They both uh, are. They both are. I love it. Uh, so behind the show in the man at its helm is where we're going now. So Falun Gong, also known as Falun Dafa, which essentially translates as to follow the Dharma. Um, so uh, yeah, it's this, uh, also the sign is one of those ancient Buddhist uh, symbols with the swastika in it. If that also tells you anything else. It also feels like those two things like truly don't go together. They don't, but you know, oh, well, it's also cause it's, you know, the Nazis appropriated a lot of those things, but also like uh, seeing this with this, it makes a lot of sense. Cause this God, organization yeah. has a lot of whites, what I consider white supremacist thoughts. Everything um, is awful. Uh, and so it emerged during the end of China's uh, Qigong boom, which was a period that saw a proliferation of similar practices of meditation, slow moving energy exercises, regulated breathing. Everybody saw like suddenly images of like large groups of Asian people in San Francisco doing like Tai Chi in the 90s and TVs and movie. That's that's mm -hmm. this kind of principle. The practice emphasizes morality and the cultivation of virtue and identifies as a practice of the Buddhist school though its teachings also incorporate elements drawn from Taoist tradition. Through moral restitude in the practice of meditation, practitioners of Falun Gong aspire to eliminate attachments and ultimately to achieve spiritual enlightenment. Mm, that sounds like a cult right there. It does, but <laughs> honestly, like when you're thinking about like this idea of like, like I love Buddhism, <gasps> baby, yeah, you're good. Ultimately, like red flags, but it doesn't sound too bad in principle, right? Like it's just not, it doesn't sound the worst as far as we're going. Like we just, I, I let in with white supremacy, but like this idea of, of it's all on the practitioner. It's all about your own in uh, spirituality, but it's, it's not really that great, which you all will see. So on May 13th of 1992, uh, Li Hongzi gave his first public seminar on Falun Gong. So this was in the northeastern Chinese city of Changchun. And in his hiographic spiritual biography, uh, Li Hongzi, Hongzi is said to have taught ways of cultivating practices by several masters of Buddhist and Taoist uh, traditions, including Quan Zhu, the 10th heir of the Great Law of Buddha School, and a master of the Great Way School with the Taoist alias of True Taoist from Changbai Mountains. I looked these things up. They are apparently very large deals. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Falun Dafa is said to uh, be the result of his reorganizing and his writing down of the teachings that were passed to him, which were all verbal, you know, mm -hmm. because a man should interpret the words of spiritual beings and godlike beings, because we've seen how well that works out. 
Yeah, that that usually like always tracks out with like minimal mm-hmm. harm. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, a lot, a lot of problems are always solved, mm-hmm. and like there's usually no new ones formed. So, nope. yep, yep. Or you're Angela Rubber and you write a musical. It's one of the two. Like you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> What's the buzz? Tell me what's happening. What's the buzz? Tell like, me. listen, it slaps every time. It, <laughs> it slaps every slaps. time. Listen, I have three different versions of the Superstar soundtrack on vinyl, and I put them on all the time because I am that gay. Like, it's fine. I was going to say, I'm over here, like, putting up covers, being like, put me in the all-female, like, she's yes. and gays performance of it. We don't yes. want... I was like, Come on, can we just, like, have one production... Or mm-hmm. many productions where there's no white cis males yeah. at, in it at all. Like, uh, I think it's about to happen in London. I know at least <gasps> Judas, Judas and Jesus are uh, ladies and babies. So, uh, yeah, most of the cast is. Yeah, gorgeous babies as the apostles. I'm, I'm losing my shit because that's literally my dream. And so the fact that it is a reality happening... Mm-hmm means that the possibility is there. It's true. Also, we recorded so. this just after Easter, and I always use that as an opportunity to be like, remember, Jesus was a queer, militant, socialist, brown person. And you can't tell me Jesus wasn't queer. No one can tell me. I will not stand for that argument. Thank you. I Jesus will not be taking... Jesus flipped tables. Jesus <laughs> flipped some tables. Yeah, to literally go against the Old Testament teachings that most evangelicals are referencing today. It's almost like they did understand because the they don't assignment. <laughs> and the assignment is difficult so they're going well why not just like not do it and say we did oh Ugh. god but uh lee presented falun gong as part of a centuries old tradition of cultivation and it was his effect to revive religious and spiritual elements of the Qigong practice that had been discarded by the earlier devastating communist era that came in about after the 1950s. Now, David Palmer writes that Lee redefined his method as having entirely different objectives from uh, Qigong. The purpose of practice that should neither be physical health or the development of extraordinary power, but to purify one's heart and attain spiritual salvation. Oh, oh no. So early on, they actually had the <laughs> support. Sounds and, good. Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> honestly, but I'm just like, sir, that means you got some ulterior motives and I don't like it. It means you as a singular person are telling groups of people whether they are pure or not and how to save themselves. Yes, it does. And if you see this man in his little orange silk costume that he did his exercises in, they had all these poses and exercises. It's very, uh, it's very like cis dude doing Jane Fonda, if you will, <laughs> like the Jane Fonda workouts of the, the, yeah, it's very much that like, you can tell he was kind of obsessed with like some aspects of Western culture in the eighties, yeah. like going through. Yeah, it was, but, um, yeah. So like early on, they actually had the support and worked really equitably with the Chinese communist party. Okay. And so this was early nineties to mid 90s but in the mid to late 90s they soon started to be viewed as a threat just from the sheer size of their organization and so 1999 is this tipping point for them because the chinese government estimated their numbers to be astronomical and just take a guess at what they what they thought 
the numbers of, and this is a private practice. So this is yeah. also like, there are no official like temples and things for this. These are people who are gathering together to practice this in groups and things. So how do you, how many followers do you think they they were looking at that made the in, Chinese in government? In China alone? In the, yeah. So this is, at this point, we're still China-centric. Okay. Um, I'm going to say like maybe a couple million so yeah, a couple million. That's <laughs> what I was I'm, thinking. I'm, I'm going, no, no, I'm no. I was thinking too. So I'm going to preface this with that there are, as of 2019, 169 million people who profess Christianity in the world, worldwide. Okay. Worldwide. Um, a lot of things are done ignorantly in the name of Christianity. But in 1999, the Chinese government felt that over 70 million people were practicing in China. 70 million and that alone and it's because they were practiced so again i'm gonna I literally read. my jaw dropped my eyes got so yeah. wide i was like that's yeah. so many people <laughs> so i'm gonna read through some of the lines again because this is a thing when we're reading the Kualung Gong, and when we're uh, when we're uh, when we're reading from the Chinese government, I can't trust what either say. So again, oh. seventy million seems like a lot, but what I'm seeing is the Chinese government saw it as these people practicing in small groups alone, mm -hmm. and this is early days of the internet, those kinds of things. So we're still not at a point where like people are massing because of the internet, but like they probably were terrified that this kind of private practice was happening and they couldn't regulate what it was. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's, and this is a very grassroots religious movement again in the early days of the internet. So like yeah. one, I could see how it was That's appealing fast. It's if, if those fast. numbers are real, like, yeah, if those, those numbers are real, because he really started like getting people in 1992 was really when he started grabbing people. So that's yeah. seven years to go from maybe a couple hundred followers to 70 million. I mean, without like being on television with like just doing public performance, like yeah. things like it is like that alone is really kind of cool to see that movement but again it's the 90s so that's not shocking to me and again mm -hmm. um there are many people who again felt that the, you know because during the 90s we were still focusing on communism was evil and anti-american and all those things so i have a very mm -hmm. western perspective at how i look at this and like being a kid that you know was between five and 15 years old through the 90s so like I have a very different perspective of that, which I'm yeah. trying to kind of put aside for this. Um, but the state began producing anti-organizational media. So instead of just being like, let's stop them, they started just producing media against them during this time. And they broadcast <laughs> it all over the world. Because again, about the Communist Party, yeah. they decided what was, what was on TV, how it was doing. And so this was met with a lot of quiet protests from the Falun Gong practitioners. But by April of 1999, when this kind of hit its precipice, 10,000 practitioners had assembled around their central government compound in Beijing to request mm. legal recognition and to stop being hounded by the government. But this would just kind of spark violence and persecution that came next from the Chinese government towards them. Okay. So a lot of this next part of the story, it's going to sound like I'm super sympathetic to them, but it's something that we're also still discussing to this day that's still happening. But again, also happening to queer people in China, happening to Muslims in China. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's those things. Uh, it's why we have a lot of issues with that Disney filmed the new Mulan movie the way they did because it was in this province and those things. So yeah. it started by the Chinese government blocking their internet access to any website that mentioned Falun Gong. 
And by <laughs> October of 1999, it declared Falun Gong a, a her heretical heretic organization that threatened the social stability of China as they knew it. Oh Falun Gong practitioners in China are reportedly subjected to wide range of just human rights abuse. Hundreds of thousands are estimated to have been in prisons extrajudicially and the practitioners in the detention centers. So like they're being put in what we know as modern concentration camps. They're oh subjected to forced labor, psychiatric abuse, torture, and other coercive methods that would reform, um, that thought to reform at the hands of the Chinese authorities. They were like, we're putting them in to make them good society members. They literally put them into conversion camps. Yeah, Several I was going to say, like, called, they're just trying to brainwash them. conversion therapy. They literally are trying to get them as, like, good, hardworking people. Mm. Um, and so... As of 2009, so 10 years later, several human rights groups estimated that there have been at least 2,000 Falun Gong practitioners that have died within China uh, at the abuse of the custody. Oh um, one writer estimated that tens of thousands may have actually been killed to supply Chinese China's organ transplant industry because they don't have enough. Yeah, so this is getting <laughs> oh, so, it's getting so deep. And this was the really hard part of it to research again yeah. because like it's still human beings that you're like oh it's my still and God. it's still well but it's also like we have people from multiple countries again so it's it's we're looking at things from like a global war crimes aspect that violate yeah. the geneva convention and many things but also that like these are things that it's in one of the few places that like are bonding conservatives together because they're just like oh yeah we have to hate china because this thing is happening and and mm. they're selling organs and all these things which again if it's like most countries i know italy in the 1990s that only like one out of every 100 people that died agreed to be organ donors so like no one was getting organs mm. um there's a great episode on my favorite murder about Nicholas Green and his parents donating his body to, because uh, he was uh, accidentally killed while they were on vacation in Italy, and so uh, the the snowball effect that that did. Um, yeah. Now I'm going to preface again that last statement with. It cannot be widely proven or disproven, but that's kind of what how the Chinese government operates. The same thing as like the Muslim concentration camps or the detention centers currently mm -hmm. in China. There are lots of things. Again, I also don't want us to get targeted because of this podcast. But there's so much conflict on what is happening within said detention camps um, or what is happening, period. But like... There, it's notated that people have been going missing, like thou like thousands oh more people than end up in these detention centers. Um, I mean, that's I'm, happening in our own country too. With yes, it indigenous, is. Well, I mean, and even folk. like Russia with queer people as well, mm -hmm. or Americans. Like, it's just one of those things that these are things that are people are going to say they're bigger fish to fry, but like this is still happening today. Yeah, um, and it's it like was, if one country does it, like what mm -hmm. it just sparks ideas for, like what's happening in you in Ukraine right now. It's yeah. just like, it's just, it just gives people more leverage to be like, well, it's happening over here and nobody's doing mm -hmm. it, doing anything. So like the power hungry men in the world for the most part are going to see things as examples and go, Oh, I can do that too. But at a bigger scale, like yep. it's never going to stop. Well, and it was even in 2018 that like the, someone one of the leading officials in australia and like the head of the um world human rights organization like literally mm -hmm. we're opening world level like international level investigations into what has been happening because it's like 
do any group of people deserve to be like hunted down and detained? Absolutely not. No one deserves to be tortured for their no. beliefs. Absolutely not. Um, but it's one of those things that it's like, holy shit, it's been what? Uh, 14 years now. And we still don't know what's happening. Like that's a big, that's a, that's red flags, yeah. red flags yeah. uh, to me. Um, I made the mistake of digging into stories about people missing and mm. the injuries and the widely shared death photos of a lot of known uh, practitioners. Oh my God. As and if like in a way to like identify them to be like, do you know who this person is or just as kind no, of like a voyeuristic this, as a voyeuristic kind of thing. And uh, like, it is horrific. Oh yeah. It is. It is something that I, who it's, it's so much, it's so much. Yeah. And I encourage everyone not to, that I know a lot of you are going to, but it is, it's a lot. Uh, also it will probably put you on some sort of weird Google list. So just be careful. Yeah, uh, I'm not looking that up. No, <laughs> Uh, but data from within China suggests that millions still continue to practice Falun Gong there in spite of the persecution. And these mm. practitioners, a lot of these practitioners, sought asylum and have moved away from the watch of the communist regime all over the world. So as of 2008, it was said that there were still hundreds of thousands of practitioners worldwide outside of China. Falun Gong aspires to enable practitioners to ascend spirituality through moral rectitude and the practice of set exercises and meditation. So physical things connecting you. Um, uh, the three stated tenets of the belief are truthfulness, which is Zen, compassion, which is Shun, and forbearance, which is Ren. Uh, these principles have been repeated by Falun Gong members to outsiders as a tactic to evade deeper inquiry about like what they're actually about. Um, and the followers have been instructed by Li to lie about the actual practices of the religion. So mm. again, red fucking flags on all yeah, sides here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Together, it's these just like it's yeah. all twisted. <laughs> it's so twisted. That's the thing is, it's like this is such a hard story to tell because you know there are th literally, if you're thinking about it, hundreds of thousands of people yeah. affected by this, but it's it's the same as Scientology and a lot of things that once you were in so deep, or if you're generational, so like if you were mm -hmm. an yeah. adult in '92, you could be a grandparent. Well, not a grandparent, but yeah, like if you were a full grown grandparent in '90 or adult in '92, having kids into this you could mm -hmm. now be a grandparent and you've got three generations of people in this it's like yeah, i can only absolutely. get so mad at elizabeth moss being third or fourth generation scientology when you know she's leading a show called like the Hand handmaid's yeah, tale I've got, like, it's something, about that. <laughs> I've got so <laughs> but, many feelings about it uh but you know it's one of those things that it's like i can't attack the people inside because you've got one man that's leading all of this that's just huh, i mean you have charismatic to be charismatic as, as hell yeah, yeah he yeah so together, these principles are regarded as the fundamental nature of the cosmos, the criteria for differentiating right and wrong, and are held to the highest manifest of the Tao, or the Buddhist Dharma. Again, they're rewriting a well-known belief system yeah. that just tells you to be a good whole person. Like into, an ancient belief into system. Into a weaponized religion. And mm. so this is where that like one man thinks he understands Buddhism because he like he alone was taught principles that he is now profiting from writing down. Like it's Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Falun red Gong, flags. Yeah, red, yeah. Red, 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 red flags. Falun Gong differentiates itself from Buddhist mon monastic traditions in that it places the most importance that you have to participate in the secular world. 
a lot of the heaviest Buddhist principles pull you out of the world. Mm -hmm. They put it into monastery situations. You are outside of that. But Falun Gong practitioners are required to maintain regular jobs and family lives to observe the laws of their respected governments eh, and are instructed not to distance themselves from society. We see there again, red flags, red flags. They, so, so they want, they do want them to distance themselves. No, because- they don't want you. They don't want themselves to, they want them to be a part of society, follow the rules of your local government, have a regular job, uh, because that means you're being a good citizen, but it also means you're bringing in money because also the principle is they want you to give up wealth to amass wealth. So if you are, uh, uh, deep principle of the believer of the of their principles. It's like, cool, you're going to keep working here to pay your bills, but then it's like, you're not going to believe in a surplus, so you're going to mm. give that to the church. Is Again, oh, okay. reading okay. through the lines, reading, reading through yeah. a lot of these lines. And it's yeah. like, it, like, and that could be a way for people to be like, oh, it's not a cult because one of the principles of cults or like the kind of guidelines of how to distinguish if something's a cult or not is how it... Um, separates yeah it separates it it isolates its Mm -hmm. people into only um the group of believers and in a way like it is kind of doing that like regardless if you know china's uh government is quote unquote and in my western eyes you know and what i know of communism really which is not much of like quote unquote good government or not Mm -hmm. like what is good government but like it did definitely separate from that culture like Mm -hmm. and kind of like Exodus, like away from, from like the homeland of, of the people. And so, yeah, like maybe, maybe in like small time, like USA, it's like, doesn't look like they're separated from their communities, but like they've separated from like the bigger meta picture of it all. What's also the best way to indoctrinate people and bring people into the fold is to have people that are just like you that are practicing this too. But also if we think about, I'm going to get to how the show pays for itself and and those things you need. So keep in mind, they have this compound, this whole city in, in Hudson Valley of New York. That is that kind of sec non sequitur. It is a way, but then you want people to be out in society because then you have resources Mm -hmm. in every city to pull from. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it is actually genius that he's like, no, 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 stay in your home, stay in your things. That way I have somewhere that I can visit, I can draw from, I can feed off of it. It's very symbiotic. It's very much mm-hmm. like when 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 something drops in and it needs to feed something to, to feed off of. Now, there is one exception that I've said because apparently quite a few Buddhist monks and nuns also found this practice to be good. And so mm-hmm. there are they're permitted to continue a monastic lifestyle while practicing Falun Gong, which means they've also infiltrated other lifestyles. They're going to be able to bring in so many different people. Yeah. Uh, in the wow. court. Yeah. In the course of cultivation practices, the students of Falun Gong aim to relinquish pursuits of fame, monetary gain, uh, sentimentality and other like entanglements of the physical world. Lee's teachings repeatedly em- uh, emphasize the emptiness of material pursuits, although practitioners of Falun Gong aren't encouraged to leave their jobs or eschew money. They're expected to give up the physical, the psychological attachments to all these things. Oh, yeah. 
Like uh, they're supposed it, to work for the money, but then like not uh-huh. do anything with it and just give, give it, it to the give church. Give it to the church. Give it to the church. Exactly. Uh, similarly, sexual desire and lust are treated as attachments that need to be discarded. But Falun Gong students are still generally expected to marry and have families. Again, how can you further your church? Again, don't mm. enjoy having sex, but have little babies. Have babies. Ugh. So all sexual relations outside of the that confines of so a monogamy. so sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sex is so mm-hmm. good. Sex is so <laughs> Like, honestly, we're one of the only creatures that do it for fun, but also, like, ace people, you're legitimate, too. But, like... Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, I think the next phrase of this is very telling, and it's all sexual relationships outside of the confines of monogamous heterosexual marriage are regarded as immoral. And you all can't, you all can't see M's face right now, but it's, it's the, it's the green face emoji. <laughs> Legitimately. Legitimately. Like. It's like whenever I see heterosexual get brought up for a reason that's not in queer media, I go, oh no, this is about to get worse. Cause you about to talk <laughs> shit. You about to talk shit about the gays, which never goes well. Um, now because of course the- we will tear you apart. But of course, the owner, the the founder of this religion, wears a orange Mondrian collar, silk tracksuit. So obviously, no gays were around to help him with his image. Come on, queen. Uh, there you go. <laughs> the founder taught that homosexuality makes one unworthy of being human, creates bad <laughs> karma, and is comparable to organized large level crime. <laughs> I mean, we are the we are the alphabet mafia currently. So, like, I mean, bring on the family. We'll we'll fight you down. We'll fight amongst ourselves, but we'll fight you down. (laughs) Yeah, like don't fuck with us. (laughs) Don't fuck with us. He also taught that disgusting homosexuality shows the dirty, uh, abnormal psychology of the gay who has lost his ability of reasoning. I don't even know what to say. I mean, <laughs> so too many popper, too many, I will say too many <laughs> poppers and vodka sodas on a Saturday night. It's going to make you real stupid come Sunday. So I was like, going to say, I was just like, I was like, end of the night. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. When club. those, when those lights come on and you look like a Mortal Kombat character with us, with a ponytail. Yeah. It's not good. At the like, end of pride when you're just ooh, like, I need to go to bed for a month. It's been three. Yeah. Ooh, it's true. And it's been three days and everybody's on a special K bender. Not me, but everybody else, you know, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh yeah, no, but eh, literally again, I'm also it's the nineties. So like deeply hmm. psychologically flawed. Oh, yeah. So like Leech additionally stated at, uh, you're going to uh, tell me none of those dancers in those shows. Well, I, I mean, literally for your protection, maybe don't come out if you're never in those come, shows. Yeah. <laughs> like, we love you and support absolutely. you. Yeah. Like be you, but like, don't come mm-hmm. out to those people mm-hmm. there. You are probably not safe. Yep. Um, but like it's just so <sighs> please continue <laughs> why in the year of our good gay lord 2022 <laughs> are we still dealing with some homophobic transphobic bullshit like i am so up i'm just gonna take a sip of I'm, my juice. I'm tired i'm gonna drink some of my I'm waterloo tired. sparkling water pineapple yes ma'am and uh, i'll drink just some of my regular water in my sparkly iridescent cup no, this is why I keep like burping to the side because I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, if Hydra- you see me turn, I'm like, like, <laughs> please, everyone, hydrate with us, please. Ice coffee will not hydrate you. Get offended, oh. get attacked. Remember to drink water today. Listen, from, I was from... about to like, I was like, if we take a break, I'm gonna get a coffee. I need a little bit. Still might do it. 
So he additionally stated in a 1998 speech in Switzerland that God's first target of annihilation would be the homosexuals. Queen, you're also saying that 10 years after the rest of the world, the AIDS crisis like, already happened, baby. Also but like also take like, us, like, take get me, me out, get me out uh, of here. Like, we're tired. We are done. We are, uh, we are poor. We're like pushing to the front of the line. We're like, get us out of here. We're yeah. done. Yeah. We, we're the rich, we're the rich white men in Titanic that push past everyone to get to those lifeboats first. Girl, I'm done. I'm tired. Take me and home. also like, let us inherit the earth. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's you're, for us now. It's after your friends got too drunk at brunch and now it's 6 p.m. and you look at your other friend that's not as drunk and you're like bitch let's get the uber we're leaving though <laughs> uh, m would you believe that gay lesbian and bisexual people may practice falun gong oh he God, welcomes us so there much. we can be there thank you thank you thank you orange but just, papa but just like don't be yourself oh exactly founder, like just don't be yeah, yourself yeah zadi said uh a fa- founder lee stated that they must give up bad conduct uh, all, which means all same-sex sexual activity. And in the West, Falun Gong is frequently classified as a religion on the basis of its theological and moral teachings. Get that. It's, yeah. <laughs> its concern is with spiritual cultivation and transformation and its extensive body of scripture. Uh, yeah. So, uh, like, get fucked. Come on. At the end of the day, it's like you rewrote centuries of teaching into your narrow little mind. Which also like, like those old, those ancient teachings, like they are about, I feel like such a central point. And obviously mm-hmm. like I am, I am not an expert in any way, shape or form, mm-hmm. but like, I just feel like the central teaching is about like not being an asshole and, and accepting like everybody is part of this earth. And the if you give good, good will be received. And it's like, that's, not like that's an unconditional type of agreement. Uh-huh, like uh-huh. <laughs> that's <laughs> it, my God's love is unconditional. I don't know about your hateful God and his AK 47s and his white Jesus in Walmart, but my God is his love is my uncondi- God. My God, is hurt. God, he reigns from <laughs> rainbow to rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> about say God is non binary, but she prefers she her pronouns. <laughs> Uh, but she loves everyone, but she will call you a stupid bitch, but it's fine. <laughs> you are a stupid bitch. I love, now, you know what? Can we just, let's just say it. Dolly Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton. Yeah. Literally, if I get to heaven and God is just Dolly incarnate. Like, I knew or, it. No, can I tell you? I think Dolly is the Holy Spirit. I literally think Dolly might be the Holy Spirit. Did it's you fine. see her Christmas movie? Always. Uh, she does always play an angel on a little, with her white guitar and her Change. little cloud. Change. It's like change has different meanings here. Yeah. Also, she wants so, oh, yeah. Oh, it's like uh, the new brain, the chong, the sing, so, the song well, change. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but yeah, it's also I still love that even homeless <gasps> Dolly has the best eyelashes. Oh, <laughs> and like and lipstick. I was like, oh, look at that always, rouge yes, and that lips. She's got that ruby woo by Mac. You know she does. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but. Em, I need you to kind of hold on to your britches because this next part, hooey. Oh, no. So human rights groups report on the persecution of Falun Gong as a violation to religious freedom. And in 2001, Falun Gong was given an international religious freedom award from a group called Freedom House. Two words. 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I wondered when it was coming. <laughs> I was too, and I was like, I'm going to wait because I know it's going to be a big one. Uh. And so Freedom House is an obscure Washington, D.C. think tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure it is. Of course it is. I love how the conservatives need think tanks, but not a, not a single original thought has happened between all of their little heads since Reagan. Freedom House, getting mm-hmm. back, is this think tank that as of 2018 received more than $35 million, which is uh. 88% of its annual revenue from the U.S. government. Ooh wee! I hate it here. Mm, if I had nails, this is where we like ASMR. Like I hate this. Ooh. And 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 there's still student loan debt. Like what is happening? Where? Thank you. We can let churches be tax free, but you want to come and collect debt on my musical theater degree and my design degree? Honestly, get fucked. And that's said from my women's studies degree. So like. Mm. Get fucked. Uh, so uh, referencing Jay Tolentino's article again, uh, she said that Lee has been open about his beliefs that evolution is fraudulent, <laughs> that people of different races will be separated in heaven. <laughs> it's fucked up. And that homosexuality and promiscuity are unnatural. He told Time that aliens were attempting to control humans by making us dependent upon modern science. Yep. He yep. intended Checks out. to be metaphorical, he later said. Uh, sir. I don't know sir, what aliens did with his brain. But. Sir, I welcome the aliens. Bring on our reptile overlords. At this point, they're, they're I'm like, done. No, they're looking and they're going, mm, but no, like they're like, oh, no, don't blame no. this one. Don't blame it on us, love. It's not us. It's, it's Ooh, not us. Darren, it's not us. Uh, a San Francisco man named Samuel Liu uh, has claimed that his mother and stepfather refused essential medical treatment because of Falun Gong's teachings that uh. sickness is based in karma. They told their child that he had bad karma, and that's why he was sick. How old was he? Eight I mean, or it nine. doesn't matter. Eight oh or my. nine. He has also claimed that they came to believe that it was God's plan to eliminate the entire gay population of the world. Cool, cool. And that they helped participate in that. Uh, Lou said, set up a website called The Untold Story of Falun Gong in 2007, uh, which... Yeah. Uh, And Falun Gong responded by complaining to the domain provider. (laughs) The organization also threatened to sue the International Cultic Studies Association for bringing Lou to a conference as a presenter. Listen, if you're mad you're called a cult, you're a fucking cult. Yeah. We should put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's true. That's, 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 such a, that's so true. Like, what, like a, what a dog whistle. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Again, red flags. Yeah. Which, this, is, this is act one of Les Mis. There's so many red flags. Like, uh, now, other religions resist modern medicine, and many faiths have held yeah. racist views or have been opposed to homosexuality or both. That tale as old as time, song as old as rhyme. We love a hot pot of bigotry. Bigot in the beast, like <laughs> honestly. <laughs> you better, you better come with the puns. 
Ooh, I just imagine Marjorie Taylor Lord dressed as the Beast and and Mitch McConnell dressed as Belle. Like, Mitch McConnell <laughs> wishes. Mitch he McConnell wishes. wishes. I mean, he would look so sallow and jaundice even more than he does in that yellow fucking dress. But like, but maybe the, if he like put it on, he'd be like. I do feel pretty. Honestly, honestly, if we have any any artists out there right now, can you please draw that up? Because there's, there's still so we're currently recording this when they are so butthurt at Disney, who is also an evil conservative organization, but they're so butthurt at Disney that they want to like cancel Mickey mouse, his, his, um, a renewal of his copyright next year. It's in literally like three months and they're going, they want to deny it at the Senate level, which I didn't know that you had to go to Senate to renew a copyright, but also like maybe do it and Disney will go away. I love it. I love this idea. Maybe no more Mickey Mouse. Um, but yeah, if we have an artist out there, can you draft up the bigot and the beast of those? Do it. I would love a cease and desist from the Republican party. That's my new goal. I want <laughs> a cease and desist from the tea party. It's all so much. Like, it's yeah. so frustrating. Uh, but Falun Gong's defensive reaction, not only to criticism, but to the basic journalistic inquiry, uh, suggests uh, an institution that would prefer people not to ask many questions. <laughs> Let's just breathe about that for a second. They themselves say they don't want you to ask too many questions. Again, Red, red flags. flags. <laughs> Everyone at home, red flags. This like, is just... Like, believe everything I say, but, like, don't, like, ask me sweet, any Sweetie, questions. darling, don't... Sweetie, don't ask any questions. Sweetie, sweetie, don't. Sweetie, sweetie, darling, like, don't. But also, like, just don't talk to me. Just, mm-hmm. like, listen to everything I say, but just, like, don't talk to me. Like, it's like it's like when you play a game with a three-year-old and you're trying to figure out the uh-huh. rules and you're like, that's not the right rule. That's not the... You're doing yeah. it wrong. And it's just, like, I don't... Hence why I'm not a hence why I'm not a mother because I'm just yeah. like I'm like I don't like this game. This game yeah. sucks. <laughs> what do you mean? Or it's even now when they're just like, but sweeties, we can't forgive student loan debt. We're just we're so poor because of it. And it's like, but why? What we're doesn't, doing real well right now like doesn't look what, like it. Why? <laughs> it looks like y'all are doing just fine, and I your am paycheck st- is. Bye. Baby, I'm still struggling. Like I, it is struggle bus. We are in inflation times. She, la- ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage. Inflation weight, and I do not like her. Like, mm-hmm. we, mm, mm, not the change I want. I don't want to give more change. Ooh, we. But Dolly Parton, take the wheel. <laughs> Dolly, take the wheel. But that is kind of where we have gotten to with, with the idea of Falun Gong and everything. Like it's again, every time someone says something about them or they have old believers, like ex-believers reach out and say something, they are, they have a great PR team because they are mm. so fervent and so quick to get stuff taken down and make yeah. sure that they are protected. And honestly, because they are so rooted in a quote unquote religion, they are so protected in most countries that like, mm. But when we talk about a protected religion and we talk about that there's no real temples, no, it's, it's just about people gathering in their homes. I have to talk about the home base. It's like when we talk uh-huh. about My Little Pony, we have to talk about Dreamcastle or uh, Paradise Estates. <laughs> when we talk about the Avengers, we have to talk about the compound. It's time to talk about Dragon Springs. Oh my God, it sounds so scary. Falun Gong operates out of Dragon Springs, a 400-acre compound located on the edge of Deer Park, New York, which is in Orange County for anyone. It's just above Lake Westchester, just below Lake Poughkeepsie. It's about two mile, two hundred, uh, two hours from Manhattan. Not That's really, like not far from me. It's literally not. Literally, I lived 25 miles from there. 
four years nah. and I didn't know about this. Nah. <laughs> Ugh, Falun Gong leader uh, Li Hongzi resides near the compound, but not with everyone else, along with quote unquote hundreds of Falun Gong adherents. When all news sources say hundreds, we know it means way fucking more people. Yeah. Yeah. Members of Falun Gong Extension Shanyi live and rehearse in this compound, which also contains schools and temples and their kind of community. The compound is registered as a church, the Dragon Springs Buddhist Temple, which means this entire town area of thousands of people is tax exempt and is granted greater amounts of privacy than any other gated community around. Scholar Andrew Junker notated in 2019 near Dragon Springs in Middletown, uh, New York, which is a very white, poor area, mm-hmm. was an office for the Falun Gong media extension, the Epoch Times. So we're talking about extensions a lot, which published a special local edition. But I will guarantee if you live in a major city and you look on those free newspaper ads, like spaces, you're going to find the Epoch Times. Mm. Now, what I read about Epoch Times being related to them is sparks, again, more thoughts like the idea of looking back and not even knowing what the marketing was for this show, but always going, oh, that's pretty. Maybe I should go. Um, and it, it just sparked me remembering these newspapers all over New York. They were mm. everywhere. Like, And it's generally free. It littered the streets and subway stations. It came to national light in 2016, though when the United States president election was happening. Falun Gong extension in extensions, not just the Epoch Times, but the Epoch Times was a politically far-right media entity that received significant attention for promoting conspiracy theories. They pushed QAnon, anti-vaccine information, and producing advertisements for Trump. Like, they made most of Trump's ads. Shin Yu also received significant media coverage for its emphasis on being anti-evolution statements and promotion of Falun Gong doctrine, which presenting itself was founded upon an ancient tradition that is rooted in, in just what you also believe. So like that alone, it's just like, ha ha. Now, again, a lot of their other extensions, it's not, there's not a ton of information about a lot of these things. Like the wikis are pretty in depth, but there's a lot of information that was like shared like six or seven years ago, 10 years ago, the links are broken. Things have been taken down because they will take almost any major news outlet to court. They will have stuff taken down for their religious laws. There's just so much to this story. Like there's just so much to this story. Yeah. So I think we have to talk about the compound itself. Yeah. And when I was reading about this, I immediately thought of Rajneesh Puram. I was thinking the same thing. Tough titties. Tough titties. It's not quite the same. I'm still mad that I lived half an hour away from this place. And I was so true crime obsessed with this point. And Mm. I'd never heard of it. And in fact, two people in my friend group are from that area. Like they're from Deer Park. Like I just, ha, I didn't know. I did not know. And it's so frustrating. Like, but also like there's uh, Lilydale, which is also in upstate New York, which is like, super woo-woo spiritual, but like Mormon spiritual. Also like Mormonism started in central New York. Like all of these things exist. Maddie, I think it's Maddie Dale too. Like all of these places in New York, it's like, Mm. it's where cults go to hide in the fucking mountains. Like it's beautiful. I would go. 
It's a big, oh, it's a big ass state. It's a big, big ass, ass state. state. Uh, literally, um, uh, everyone uh, Google the Shaw, Shaw Gunk Ridge right now. That was my view in undergrad. It was beautiful, but it's like right by there. Like it's at the bottom of the Shaw Gunk Mountains. So Falun Gong acquired uh, this area in 2000. The site is closed to visitors. So even if you want to get in, if you are media, if you are local government, not even you can get in. And mm. it's it's got a guarded gate, like heavily guarded, multiple gates. And it's been a huge point of contention for Deer Park residents since its inception. If crime happens within mm -hmm. the compound, what, the, what, what is the right word? Uh, like reservation still? I'm not sure for like indigenous folk. Like, yeah. Is, is, is it like kind of like that where they've got... If like well, it means they can handle things themselves, but it also means that it's a place of indoctrination. It's a place that they want to keep you in yeah. as much as they want to keep people out. It's also one of those things that if you are an organization that talks about spirituality and transparency, mm -hmm. but you cannot have transparency as to what happens in your home base to where all your believers live, there is a fucking problem. At least with the Rajneeshis, everyone who wanted to come in could come in there's tons of footage of it but mm -hmm. like there's not video footage that's been leaking of the inside of the compound there's like Oops. all of these things so uh the uh journalist i referenced earlier andrew junker visited deer park in 2019 to write this kind of piece about them and again could not, yeah, he couldn't get in, but he got into like the, the, the muggle town around them, which is Deer Park. <laughs> he couldn't get into Dragon Springs. Okay. Um, okay. And he <laughs> noted that the secrecy of Dragon Springs was obvious and a sense of tension in the town. Like it loomed over them. Mm. He also adds that Dragon Springs website says it's restricted access is for security reasons. And that the site claims the compound contains orphans and refugees which many local people and people abroad feel is an absolute lie and it cannot be tracked to the truth. Mm. Now, like many religions uh, and things, the compound has been a point of uh, controversy among many former residents. So a lot of people have spoken out about it and been silenced. But NBC in 2016 ran a ton of uh, articles and news about it. So the next bit I'm going to read is all from a NBC News article from the Trump election um, that I will also be sharing on our social media. So this is four former compound residents and former Falun Gong practitioners who spoke to NBC News said that life in Dragon Springs is tightly controlled by Lee. The internet access is restricted. The use of medicines is discouraged and arranged relationships are common if not forced. Two former residents on visas said they were offered to be set up with US residents at the compounds. Tiger Huang, a former Dragon Springs resident who said uh, who was in the US on a student visa from Taiwan, said she was set up on three dates in the compound and she believed her ability to stay in the US was tied to the arrangements. Oh my God. The purpose of setting up dates was obvious, Huang said. Her now husband, a former Dragon Springs resident, confirmed the account. Huang said that she was told by Dragon Springs official that her visa had expired and was told to go back to Taiwan after months of dating non-parishioners in the compound. Um, so she later learned that her visa hadn't been expired and she was told to leave the, and she, when she was told to leave the country. So they're also holding these kids' visas. Like, these are kids yeah. that traveled from other Asian countries or people that have traveled here um, 
to study. Yeah. And so that's like keeping your passport, keeping things like it, it is again, classic cult mentality. Yeah. It's like using that as leverage. It's like using that as blackmail only uh-huh. almost. I'm sure there's probably even more of that type of like, you give me this information as collateral and stuff like that. Yep. And so, again, I'm going to link all of the articles that I've referenced in our social media. I want everybody to read them. They are not long, but they are really informative. Now, if you would believe it, there are two schools that operate around uh, Falun Gong's Dragon Springs compound. There's a private arts college named Fei Tian College, or Fei Tian College, and a high school. A high school! Fei Tian Academy of Arts. Now, Fei Tian College acts as a feeder into Shenyun. Both the college and high school initially operated out of Dragon Springs, but have now fully expanded into Middletown as of 2017. And according to the Times Herald record, the two schools are independent entities but maintain a close relationship. It's like many things with um, Shenyun, Fan, um, everything, they all essentially are independent individually their own thing but they all draw from the same pot of money and all their money goes into the same pot of money it's it is also obviously connected yeah uh, and again so none of these organizations are paying taxes i want to continue to yeah, remind yeah. you no one is paying taxes uh, according to the Commission on Independent Colleges and Universities, the college offers a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Classical Chinese Dance and a Bachelor's in Musical Performance. The student facilities include an all-site basketball court and a gym. And in 2015, they consisted of 127 students. They are accredited. They are an accredited. They are an accredited university and are accredited with the Board of Regents for the high school as well. Mm. Now, Feitian College holds institutional accreditation from the New York State Board of Regents. Academic uh, Yutan Wang refers to the college as Xinyun's own degree-granting institution. In 2014, okay, so I've got to stop right there. So essentially, what is happening is, no matter how you perform in the college, no matter what the college classes are and things, like they had to present some sort of curriculum to be accredited. Like that is a thing. Your credit, that is a thing in New York. And you constantly have to go up for reaccreditation. But whether that's what your students are actually getting and doing while they're there is one thing versus what you're presenting to the state to get accreditation. Yeah. So, but it's these things, they're still pulling these kids in and you're only offering a dance and a music degree, but they're getting a BFA. Like it is one of those things like it's, it's so daunting. And I guarantee you 90% of the kids go straight from the high school into that college as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of, <clears throat> much like referencing Wild Wild Country, there is a ton of disparity between Deer Park and Dragon Springs. So in 2014, the yeah. town of Deer Park took Dragon Springs Buddhist Inc. to court over persistence illegal construction in Dragon Springs compound. The organization has a long history of breaking laws and then just paying the associated fines with complaints because, because they don't pay taxes. So they have they so much money taxes. and it's also cheaper to pay a fine than file a permit. Yep. Um, in 2018, Dragon Springs Buddhist Inc was fined $7,500 since they failed to comply with the local construction law requiring installation of a sprinkler system for wooden buildings over four stories tall. <coughs> So also talking about, so when you said that it was like, well, what's happening in the complex? It's like, well, there's a lot have obviously happening in the compound. That's not like, that's not 
You know that means there's been fires. It's an all wood building that's eight. Well, listen, it started four stories tall. So it's an eight story tall building now. They Probably just not up to code. <laughs> not up to code. They were also issued a stop work order for a legal eighth floor um, of the permitted seventh floor wood building. So like they're just paying these fees because all the f- permits are not re- like... And then in 2019, on top of everything, they filed a permit to expand the site, wishing to add a 920-seat concert hall that could house Shinyun year-round, a new parking garage, a wastewater treatment, and a uh, a conversion of meditation spaces into residential spaces long enough, uh, large enough to bring the total residential capacity to 500 families. That's too many families. You're also building a city at that point. Yeah, I feel like, like, uh, uh, like, like, uh, uh, that also means like, are you you trying to? It's kind of like building like another Vatican, where Uh like, where it's like it's a city within a city, like. And also, if you have your own wastewater treatment plant, it means you won't be going through the county's wastewater treatment, which means you won't be paying the county for wastewater treatment. Also electric could happen. There could be unresident. So like they could literally be existing to a point where they're existing on their own, which is just so gross to me. And it's like, that feels like it's encroaching, encroaching. Is that a word? Yeah. Uh, Encroaching upon just like what being a, um, a person living in the United, like no. it's like what so what rules do they have to follow because exactly. it doesn't seem like and because no one is allowed inside and they're policing themselves anything yeah. can happen like it's like yes i'm sure they're all like citizens or maybe there are um undocumented humans that are also in there but it's just like so we're gonna police shit by a border in one state like in mexico uh in like in texas yeah. And, and be so, like, crazy on that. Mm-hmm. And yet we're, like, this is happening in a state which is being funded by conservative, like, yep. big heads. And it's just, like, they're, they're, literally, ta- they're literally taking our resources mm-hmm. and, like, not being policed and not being managed. Or if they are, it's probably more to their interests because it's, like, mm-hmm. they, y'all have a, an agreement Mm-hmm. And of course, Lee lives in a giant That's lavish fast. house that the the practitioners uh, don't come to with cards like this is. Ju- I mean, it's it's so similar to yeah. The, don't Rajneesh have any wealth. Purim. Don't have anything. Yep. But like, I have it all because like I'm indoctrinated. I, I am like I am your higher power. He's Scrooge McDuckin in his house. Like you know, it's one of those like <laughs> swimming in the coins. Uh, it, it's so funny. It's just like how are all cult leaders almost exactly the same? Like. They're all like the same. The Bagran, uh, Lee, Jeffrey Star, they're all the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, his Rolls Royce collection, I still hold to it. He's got a cult. It's been going for years. Absolutely. Uh, so thankfully, these plans of the expansion were met with opposition from the Delaware Riverkeeper Network and other environmental nonprofits and the citizens groups regarding the wastewater treatment facility and the elimination because they were going to get rid of local wetlands, like preserved areas impacting mm. that would also impact the local waterways, such as the Basher Kill and the Never Sink River. 
So local residents opposed the expansion because it would also increase traffic, reduce yeah. the rural character of the area, in addition to the negative uh, environmental effects. I love that this is the most Karen reason to not have a like a religious group expand, but also like this is the one time we're going to stand with the Karens. Like honestly. Yeah. They had a public hearing that lasted over three grueling hours with a substantial number of speakers expressing their views on the proposed actions. According to its owner, Dragon Spring is centered on a 75 foot, this is 23 meter tall Buddhist temple built in the style of the Tang Dynasty. Several of the buildings in the compound are also built in the same wood heavy Tang Dynasty style. Hmm. There are also buildings constructed in modern style, but... During the construction in 2008, again, we were just talking about this, a 55-year-old man from Toronto, Janine Liu, died in a fall. He was a volunteer construction worker rather than an employee, so no investigation was initiated by OSHA. Anything that's being done is done by volunteers of the religion so that they can work around it, which means they're also not paying construction crews to do it. So there's no experts, or if there are, it's like not... Up to code. And and get this, M, no autopsy was performed because religious preference of the family because of the religion's uh, connection to medicine. I Ooh, am baby. tired. I am tired. Mm-hmm. Now, in January of this year, residents uh, and the nonprofit New York Enviro, uh, Envirocom sued alleging Dragon Springs violated the Clean Water Act. So obviously, whatever else is happening there, they don't want anyone to see and they are mm-hmm. destroying the area that they want to. So I'm like looking up pictures of this compound because I'm, yeah. I'm fascinated. Which we will have on our social media as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Dragon Secret Spurs. compound, gross conservative beliefs aside, I still had a question. Where the fuck does the marketing money come from? Like, if anybody has ever had to market something, pay for flyers or graphic designer, like, it's expensive. New York City subway spots, billboards, and billions of leaflets made mailed worldwide across the world. So we're talking mm. marketing in 192 cities a year. Yeah. Where do you think that's paid for by M? Because you know the leader's not anting up on that. You know the church isn't paying oh, for it. I'm sure it's all of all of the the followers that are just emptying their pockets. Uh-huh. So again, I literally have a flyer sitting in my living room because they're coming here in May. Well, because the feeling of the religion is that you reject worldly wealth and that it is encouraged to give it up uh, to the group as well as the church, like tithing. So like giving yeah. your extra, uh, your extravagant wealth, but also then like still continually donating each tour stop is closely connected to a regional Falun Dafa association and that regional association sponsors oh each performance that's in their region. So they pay for the booking of the theater. They pay for the booking of the hotels. They pay for all of the marketing. They and how long are those, how long are those sit downs? Probably long, uh, right? three. It's some of them are one in. So like in Gainesville, they were there two days, but like they're coming to Orlando for four days, but like, they're in New York for six weeks. Like, oh, I mean, they have a New York company, yeah. but like it's only two to three days that they're doing this marketing for. So even if you think like that's still like, but they're so doing it like money. they're doing it in Copenhagen. They're doing it in London. They're doing it in Paris. Like 
they're they're but they're also doing it in like Milwaukee. So like if you think about these smaller regional organizations that are in the middle of nowhere who aren't going to have nearly as many donations as the like yeah. because I looked up like the New York City area has like they're tied with their local Buddhist community and all these things so like they pick where these tours go to associate with the local organization and these independent though associated groups pay for everything. Jeez. So they are the ones behind the pastel posters, the lavish sleeping ladies. There's a dangerous commentary that seems to be ridiculously popular with many people in our world, which sends the real chills of this down my spine. Mm. So this has been the very truncated story behind the Shun Yun touring company funding a conservative right-wing cult based in Hudson Valley, New York. Before we wrap up, Em, I have a last bit of advice. Yes, please it's, give it. Please do not support this organization. No. Implore your parents that go see one show a year to not support this organization. Don't yeah. see the show. Or, or I mean... When I heard that, hear me when I say the performance features the performative torture of gay characters and mm. unclean women on stage. Fuck. For me, I can't sit through that. No. And it's overall damaging to what we currently need in the world. So like, y'all, please just. Do not, do not, do mm. not. Don't do it. Don't do it. Honestly, if anything, write a letter and staple the flyer to your <laughs> local government and send it to ask them and to the theaters that are booking them. Also, yeah. shock to no one, the local theater in Orlando owned by Disney, run by Disney, the Dr. Phillips Center, donated by Disney, whatever we want to call it. That's where Shun Yoon's performing here. Oh. Of course they are. I mean, I get that it's the largest touring house, but like also get fucked. Yeah. Get fucked. That's insane. Like, that's, uh, it's also oof. just like, I'm just sitting here. I feel like my posture has just continuously been like. Yeah, I'm, ju yeah, I'm is, just drooping in on myself. Uh, I need like some yeah. chocolate. Uh -huh, <laughs> like, I'm just uh -huh. like, oh no. Yeah, baby. Oh my yeah, God. It's, it's a lot. So. Resources for today's episode are from a New Yorker article by Jai Talentino, an All That's Interesting article, an NBC News article uh, by Brandy Zadronsky and Ben Collins, an Insider article by Jabed Shapesman, um, the original write-up by Andrew Junker, and the wikis for Shen Yun, Falun Gong, the Dragon Springs Compound, and Lee Hong Zi. Maddie, you just did that. It's and also like hashtag Shun Yun on TikTok because you will find so much more about people whose families came out of this, people whose mm. families are still in it, but they are not. There's a lot of really interesting things that, again, in a world of like social media, Shun Yun's having a really hard time silencing these things. And I thought this was going to be a fun thing to research. And while it was really immersive, it feels really gross and dirty. So, like, yeah. take care of yourself, everybody. But, like, I hope you enjoyed this episode because. Rarely do we find a literal cult behind a piece of touring theater. I mean, I will still say at the end of the day, theater kids are all a cult, but like, yeah, we are. it's fine. But like, this but we're is, trying to heal each other. <laughs> and we're only mildly homophobic. We're not this yeah. pleasantly homophobic. Mm. <laughs> well, Em, thank you coming along for another journey with me. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing all that work. Like, I can't even, I feel like this is where my brain goes. I'd be like, if I saw all that, I'd be like, I'm gonna... 
going to pass. I will also say, thankfully, we had several boring days at work a couple weeks ago, and I just read through all that shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was, I mean, it was fun to kind of compile everything, but it is, it's not daunting, but it's daunting in the way that like you're reading such doom and gloom about people that still believe in like your and my basic belief that we don't exist we shouldn't exist and that I we're know. damaging so that's when i say get fucked well em i will see you next time i'll see you next time and hear you next time because this is just a great way to like hear your beautiful voice thank you for joining us for today's episode exit stage death is brought to you by dreamer productions this episode was audio engineered and edited by maddie limerick and our theme is Antisocial Dance Party by Brett Eagleston from the Let's Rewatch podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Stage Death Podcast. On Twitter at Stage Death Pod. And send us your favorite chilling theater stories at Stage Death Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Patreon.com at Dreamer Productions, where your donation of $2 a month keeps quality content coming your way on your favorite podcatcher app. Join us for more chilling true stories on the next episode of Exit Stage Death.